So we do have a few announcements this morning. Uh, we're going to start with um, a, an announcement of a celebration. Our sister, Sharon One, who went to be with the Lord, uh, will have a memorial service here, and it is going to be Saturday, August 5th at 2 p.m. You are all invited, of course. Uh, memorials are a time of reunion. Memorials are both difficult uh, challenging and delightful because we know precisely where our sister is in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So you're all invited to that on the 5th of August at two o'clock. And, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, there is another Mexico house building trip that is going to take place in October and October will be here quicker than you might think. So there are sign up. Uh, there is a sign up sheet on the welcome cart. Uh, if you're contemplating going, or if you're not even quite sure yet, go ahead and sign up. We're going to build two houses, right, Mark? Two houses again in Mexico uh, between October the 29th and November the 4th. Oh, yeah, there's a there's a slide right there. It tells you. Uh, so uh, pray about that. You can start praying now. You can start praying. Even it's not too early to pray for the team for for everything that needs to come together uh, for the two houses to be built in Mexico. Uh, and I'm really excited uh, to announce that we are beginning to go back to a chapel service at the Continuing Care Center behind the hospital. This has been on hiatus since uh, since COVID. And uh, the door has been completely opened. And so on Sunday, July 30th at 2 o'clock is going to be our first, we call it Triple C. And uh, if you would like to, everybody just turn around and look at that camera and wave and say hi to Triple C because they watch every week. Yes. Hi, Triple C. We'll see you on Sunday, July 30th. So you're all invited at 2 o'clock uh, after church. We go and we, we, just, we go to Triple C because we love on them. They live there. And we go and we do a devotional and we have music and we have uh, time to interact with our brothers and sisters at Triple C. So put that on your calendar and, uh, and come on out for that. And with that, Kathy. Good morning. Uh, we should have a slide as well. We had a women's workshop yesterday for cooking, and I would say it was very successful. We made delicious food and we ate it and enjoyed being with each other. So uh, it was a great time. Christine, thank you again um, for uh, planning it and organizing it and uh, getting it all together. And we had a great time. So thank you. Um, and we have another one coming up. We have a card making workshop August 12th, again here at 10 a.m. in the morning. It's only $10. You will make more than $10 worth of cards while you're here. And we'll have a couple of different methods on uh, on, on card making. So looking forward to that. Sign-ups are on the sign-up sheet, wherever that might be. So it's either on the cart in the back or in the commons. I'll get it or talk to Christine or myself. Thanks. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we? It's so good to see you guys again. Well, uh, I've definitely seen some new faces. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I am Jordan. Uh, I am the youth director here at the well, uh, so I get to handle all of the kids' stuff, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I have the privilege of sharing God's word uh, with you all this morning. Richie's not here. He'll be back pretty soon. I feel like this is the longest he's been gone uh, on, from Sundays, so he'll be back soon. But uh, we're going to be in the book of Joshua today. We're taking a little journey through the Old Testament. But before we jump into that, I kind of want to have some fun, so... As a lot of you know, uh, I'm going to be a dad soon, and I think it's right around two weeks, so any day now, yes, thank you, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen in the next hour or so, uh, and if it does, I think there's procedures in place, so if I run, you know why, uh, but since I'm going to be a dad, uh, I thought I would share just a couple dad jokes um, I love dad jokes. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Mike is also one who knows them quite well. 
Um, so I, I like them. I just wanted to share some to kind of get us started. So the first one is more for you that know computers. So bear with me if you don't get this one, but it's good. So what do you call it when a shepherd can't find his ram? It's called memory loss. Yeah, yeah. So when you have a pillow fight with a memory foam pillow, that's a pillow fight that you'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, so I went to a support group for short-term memory loss. The host said, good evening, everyone. You're probably all wondering why you just walked into the room. Yeah. And the last one, uh, I'm having such a hard time remembering things. Pretty soon, I'll be able to throw myself my own surprise party. <laughs> so you may have realized kind of the theme there is memory or forgetting uh, or remembering. And the passage that we're going to jump into really has a lot to do with remembering. And so before we jump into uh, Joshua, I'm just going to recap real quick kind of the story up until that point. So uh, God creates everything good, and obviously a lot of things kind of go south after that. And then God raises up lots of people, and one of those people is Abraham. And he says that he's going to be the father of many people. And so he becomes the father of the nation of Israel. And after time, they grow, they become so... um, you know, numerous, that they are kind of a problem for the Egyptians. And so the Egyptians end up enslaving them for 400 years. Uh, God hears the outcry of his people. He raises up Moses. And Moses is a vessel that God uses to rescue his people. And there's all kinds of signs and wonders that happen with that. Overthrows Pharaoh, leads the people out into the wilderness. And of course, there's the, the Red Sea encounter where God parts the Red Sea and the Israelites walk through on dry land. And then after that, they are given the Ten Commandments as they're in the the wilderness. And they're really supposed to be, the people of Israel are to be really a a symbol of what God is like. They're supposed to really show that to the people around them of what their God is like. And of course, they fail a lot uh, along the way. And during that kind of process, they're wandering through the wilderness. There's a lot of grumbling and complaining, and then they wander for 40 years, and they don't end up going to the promised land. And then eventually, they're going to get there, uh, and Moses, unfortunately, doesn't join them. He gets upset, strikes a rock, doesn't go into the promised land. But then there's Joshua, and Joshua is the one who will now lead the people into the promised land. And so that's where we get uh, in our passage here in chapter 4, verses 4 to 7 in Joshua. And it says, Then Joshua called the 12 men... From the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And what's really important about that verse is the whole concept of remembering. And like I mentioned earlier, they tend to forget a lot, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. And the main focus for us this morning is at the end of verse 7. It says, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Now, I think a lot of us are familiar with memorials and monuments. As Americans, we have all kinds of those. You know, one of them is the Washington Monument uh, in D.C., which commemorates, you know, our very first president. And then we have the Lincoln Memorial. He was the 16th president, and unfortunately, at the end of the Civil War, he was assassinated. Uh, One that's, I think, most famous is the Statue of Liberty, which was a gift Uh, from the people of France, and it's a universal symbol of freedom and democracy, Uh, and one that, I guess the only one that I've really seen is the Gateway Arch in St. Louis, Missouri. It's huge, Uh, and it really commemorates Thomas Jefferson and his vision for westward expansion. And finally, one that hits a lot more closer to home is the 9-11 memorial, which happened not too long ago. And it honors the almost 3,000 people that either were killed or, you know, gave their lives 
on that day, on that tragedy. And so memorials and monuments are very special and important to us because they help connect us to events and people and places from the past. And we use them as ways to remember. Every year, like the 9-11 memorial, we remember what happened. And often we'll ask, where were you on 9-11? For me, I was in sixth grade science class and I had no idea what was going on. But my teacher was horrified. And I was like, didn't even know there was a thing called the two towers, you know. So remembering is very, very important for us. And so it's, it's very similar to, not always important for us, but it's important for the people in the Bible. And so they were to set up a memorial and to remember how God had brought them through the Jordan River. Now, I mentioned there was a lot of things that kind of happened before that. Uh, you know, the story uh, and all the things that have happened before that. And like as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't take too long to realize that although God did a lot of amazing things and rescued the Israelites countless times, they were given to complaining and grumbling and forgetting. And I want to just throw out a couple verses, just a small sampling, of the many times that they were just given to complaining. In Exodus 15, 22 verses or sorry, Exodus 15, 23 to 24. It says, When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And then next chapter, uh, chapter 16, it says, And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And we may as well be consistent. So the next chapter, 17, therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And again, we have it in Numbers, chapter 11. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. And then lastly, Chapter 14 of Numbers. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. So that's a, an awful lot of grumbling and complaining. And I suppose I can relate a little bit. Um, so... All right. Now, I've, I've heard a lot of sermons that talk about the kind of stubbornness of Israel. And usually it's followed up by, well, we can't really, we don't really have anything to say. But I've always had a hard time with the fact that they saw crazy signs and wonders. God did miraculous things, and that they're still complaining and grumbling. And I get that I'm the same, but I'm like, Dudes, like they saw the Red Sea parted. God poured down manna from heaven. He gave them water. And I mean, he rescued them out of slavery. And so I, I have a harder time with that. And I, I don't know if you guys are similar. Um, but I think that's the challenge is that because they saw those signs and wonders and God did miraculous things, um, you know, they, they should have really just known better. How could they so easily forget what happened? And so what I think what we don't realize, and I often don't realize and think about, is the condition of their hearts is what was the issue, not necessarily the stuff that was happening. And so they just had stubborn and rebellious hearts. And I think it's easy to often overlook that. We think, signs and wonders. And we forget that how dangerous sin really is in our lives. And so it's been said around here a lot, I think mostly Richie has said it, you know, we, we're all going to do what we want to do. And no matter, you know, we could know the right things, 
God could show up in crazy ways and do amazing things in our lives, uh, but ultimately we're going to do what we want to do, like the Israelites, and ultimately we're going to obey the thing that we love most. And I think if we boil that down, the thing we love most really is ourselves. And of course it is shown in a lot of different ways, external ways, you know, that that's shown. Um, But we tend to get so focused on us, and even though we have legitimate needs and wants, those often are really what kind of we focus on the most. We look after us and ourselves. And what happens is we, since we tend to you know, look inside and get distracted, we, because we're so focused there, narrow, kind of narrow-sided with everything, we tend to just continue to want more and more, and there's never enough. And the grass is always greener on the other side. And I really think that reflects a lot of what it was like for the Israelites. And so the things that you know, seemed to have captured their hearts would have been things that they wished they had. They were always looking for more. They were always looking ahead. So they wanted to be rescued out of slavery, which is legit. God did. And then, of course, they wanted all the fish and the leeks and the garlic and the cucumbers that they had. And they continued to complain and grumble. You know, they, like, where's our water? We, we want it now. And we're about to stone Moses because we're not getting what we want. And so God provides for the Israelites in countless ways, yet they still continue to forget, they grumble, they complain, and they're just about to make Moses' life a bit shorter. And so when I think about us, you know, it, it may be things like, Man, I wish I had a better job. I wish I had uh, a better house or a better spouse. Sadly, you know, or my kids would actually do what I say, or you know, maybe it's things that we actually have right now. Like my career is is what really matters most to me. My wealth, my status, those are the things that really capture my attention. Or it could be the things we just wish we didn't have. Bills, problems, people that just annoy us. I'm sure Moses probably felt like that. And so we all have things that I think really capture our heart's attention. I know for me, I'd, I'm going to have a, a baby soon. I would love to have more space in our house. Actually, it would be nice to have my own house, you know, because I'm renting. I would love to have a better car because I think we'll have more than one child. And, you know, more space. You know, for me, I, I really wish I didn't worry as much. I didn't have to worry or fear things. Wish I wasn't as irritated when things don't go my way. You know, but that's really what happens. And so there's a passage in Proverbs that I think kind of captures this tension. And it says, two things that I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. And I definitely resonate a lot more with the, and if I'm full, it's so easy to forget God. It's so easy to deny him and be like, Well, who? God who? I have all the stuff that I need right here. And that's where my focus is. And so this is why I think when things just don't go our way and we, you know, they don't go the way we hoped for, we, we tend to grumble and complain and forget. It's really easy to slip into that. Uh, Stephen Lee says this. He says, grumbling, whining, and thanklessness are not ultimately uh, the heart's responses to circumstances, but to God. Israel grumbled at their enslavement, grumbled when Moses came on the scene, and still grumbled as they wandered safely in the wilderness. Their complaining wasn't rooted in their scenery, but in their heart. And so again, whether it's the Israelites, whether it's us today, you know, we are all going to do what we want to do. And we're all going to obey what we love most. And so if you have sermon notes, uh, I just encourage you to take notes or continue to take notes. I have, there's a question on there that I want to encourage us to really think about. And it's, what has captured 
your heart's attention. So is it the Lord or is it some of these three things, just a couple categories? Is it the things that we don't have that we just wish, man, if we just had those things, it would be better? Uh, the things that we actually have that are really capturing our heart, or it could be the things we wish that we didn't have in our life, the things that we wish that were just removed and life would be so much better. And I think it's really good to, to know ourselves because if we just kind of you know, turn our back to it, you know, it's, it's not really helpful. Now, it's not helpful to dwell on it and get lost in that, but it's, it's good to have just a healthy realization of like, okay, these are things that often pull me away and they may very, be very different for all of us. And it's good to have that reflection. It's also good to ask the question is, what do, what do we tend to forget or refuse to believe about Jesus when those things kind of get in the way? It could be things like that God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. That's, that's a really big one right there. could be that you know, we forget that he has always provided for you. If we really think back and realize that God provides all of our needs, and he always has and always will. You know, or f- forget that he's the one who gives us good gifts. You know, he's the reason why we have the things that we have. And another one is, you know, we just forget that he has never left us or will not forsake us. You know, he's not done that. So this takes us back to our passage in Joshua as to why God had them set up those stones, those memorials, those stones of remembrance. And again, it says, these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. John Bloom says this about remembering. He says, remembering God's past grace is necessary to fuel our faith in God's future grace for us. This makes the memory one of God's most profound, mysterious, and merciful gifts granted to us. God designed it to be a means of preserving grace for his people, and we neglect it at our own peril. So just as many times as the Israelites forgot, they were commanded to remember countless times. In Exodus 13, verse 3, Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came up, you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. In Deuteronomy 4.9, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Deuteronomy 6, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 8. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these forty years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. A bit later in verse or uh, chapter 8, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, that is this day, Deuteronomy 15, 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you, therefore I command you this day. Lastly, Deuteronomy 16, you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. Now, when I first was putting those in, I'm like, that's a lot. And it is a lot. That is a lot of remembering. That's a lot of verses. But I, when I th- like, it seems almost redundant. But just think of how many times they've been commanded and called to remember. And I would almost be like, okay, I get it already. And Moses might be like, really? You guys really got it? And so remembering is super important for us. Now, think of a time... Remember something, maybe it was something fun, and just think about when you remember something, the kind of the emotions that it brings up, that it stirs up, the way that you felt. You know, I'm from Iowa, so whenever I go back there, which is not often, happens to me when I, you know, I took Shiloh to our, my childhood home, and it's changed so much, and 
I just get all the feels. Or when I talk to an old friend, you know, that I don't get to talk to him very often. You know, it just brings up all these memories, and some of them are not good. Uh, but still, I remember that, you know, I experienced that, and it, it really brings these things to mind. Uh, and I don't know if my brother and sister are watching, but they created a Facebook chat between us, siblings. And I don't really remember the name, but it's basically all things <clears throat> nostalgic. And <clears throat> I don't know how they found these things, but... <clears throat> they would just have found all the toys that we had and they would just post pictures of them uh, or clothing or weird ads that were like, I can't believe, I, I totally remember that. Like the weird uh, gum commercials and then the, the song gets, just gets stuck in your head. And, and I don't know how they found those, but they are, I don't really find anything. I just kind of enjoy the, the memories that they, you know, they post pictures of stuff. Um, you know, things like that, or even photos. We have technology nowadays that allows us to fill our phone completely with photos, so much that we have to get another phone because we ran out of storage, which is the story of my wife, <laughs> which she, I've changed my mind on this, but before I was like, I don't know how you have literally over 13,000 photos on your phone. And I'm pretty conservative when it comes to taking photos. I still am. But every once in a while, she would bring up a photo from like when we were dating or even before that. And it just brings back all these fun memories. And it reminds me of just how, how fun it is to remember things. And now, now I tell her, because she, you know, she would do it every once in a while. I just tell her, like, you can take as many photos as you want. You know, especially now that we're going to have a daughter. I want to like, remember and look back on things. Um, and remind our daughter when she's old enough to be like, yeah, that was you and her tummy just kicking like crazy, causing mom all those problems. So remembering is super important for us. And, um, and not only that, really, as much as we want to remember the things in our life, you know, remembering the things about God is you know, most important. And David Bowden says this. He says, if the people of Israel would remember what God did for them. Something would happen to their hearts. Their hearts would love God. Love is revived by remembering, rehearsing, and treasuring. But when love is stirred up in the heart, what is the result? It is obedience. So love, I love that. Love is revived by remembering, rehearsing, and treasuring. And if we think back to the things that really tend to grab our attention... It's usually those things that we are remembering, rehearsing, and just thinking over and over and over again and remembering. On Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so if our love for God has grown cold, it may be because you know, we've just given ourselves too much to those things that we're treasuring. Right? And uh, I, I love the Psalms. They are packed with emotions, and often there's a lot of rehearsing and calling back on things and remembering. And David does that a lot. <clears throat> and here in uh, Psalm 77, it says, Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder, ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. So hundreds of years later, they're still remembering what God had done. Now that doesn't mean they're always going to follow through and be faithful to God, but they're still remembering and treasuring and rehearsing. In Psalm 63, verses 5 to 8, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And this is probably one of my new favorite quotes. I don't read much of 
uh, Charles Spurgeon, but he was a pretty brilliant guy. And he actually has a lot to say about reflecting and remembering and meditating. And he says this. He says, I remember the days of old when we see nothing new which can cheer us. Let us think upon old things. We once had merry days, days of deliverance and joy and thanksgiving. Why not again? Jehovah rescued his people in the ages which lie back centuries ago. Wily should he not do the like again? We ourselves have a rich past to look back upon. We have sunny memories, sacred memories, satisfactory memories, and these are as flowers for the bees of faith to visit, from whence they may make honey for present use. I meditate on all thy works, and when my own works reproach me, thy works refresh me. If at the first view the deeds of the Lord do not encourage us, let us think them over again, ruminating and considering the histories of divine providence. We ought to take a wide and large view of all God's works, for as a whole they work together for good, and in each part they are worthy of reverent study. Man, I love that. You know, and he's a man who was just all in for Jesus. And it just makes it just reminds me of how important it is to reflect and to remember. And as he used the words meditate and ruminate and can always go over and reflect and mull it around. Now, I don't use meditate or ruminate very often. Um, But it's something that we all do all the time. And I'm not sure who said this, but this hits, it's, you know, right on the dot. It says, you may be saying, well, I, I don't know how to meditate, and to which I would say, yes, you do. You know how to worry, don't you? <laughs> do you guys know how to worry? I'm pretty good at worrying. I would say it's like my love language or my gift, sadly. <laughs> so it says, if you can worry, you can meditate, because the essence of both is repeatedly, or, yeah, repeatedly turning thoughts over in our minds like a cow that chews the cud over and over and over again, we all tend to bring up those thoughts or issues about which we are anxious. And so the question isn't whether we meditate or not. It's a question of what it is that we are meditating on, what it is that we're reflecting on and just mulling over in our minds all the time. And so what I wanted to do is just for the next few minutes, I wanted to share some of my own kind of stones of remembrance. I know I've shared my testimony years ago, actually a couple times. Uh, but what I love about sharing you know, my story or hearing other people's stories is that there's always a different kind of angle that you can see, right? And I, I kind of want to share this with some photos. So I have four photos. I have a story for each. So this first one, I don't know if you can recognize them. That's me. I was 20 years old. That is back in 2010. I was a stagehand for a company, and we just set up stages for uh, bands and stuff like that. This was actually a festival called Laser Fest that this radio station put on every year. Uh, it was pretty big. And this is funny. I actually had to go onto the this girl I dated way back in the day to find this because I wasn't tagged in it. And I came across it and I'm like, that is just me in a nutshell in my life before Jesus. And, and I literally mean this. My life was about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then I would add in video games because that was really what defined me. That's what my identity was really wrapped up in. And so when I see this, I truly remember what God like, took me out of. And it's, you know, it's, it's just funny to look at and think, like, that was, that was me at some point. And so this next one uh, is another one of my favorites. It was the first time I was baptized. And uh, Shiloh jokes with me, do people in Iowa have pools? And <laughs> there's not very many, but our neighbors did, our friends did. 
So this was in June of 2012. And so this, for me, is a reminder of what God rescued me from, from and really how he changed my life. Now, my transformation with Jesus was pretty crazy. Uh, he gave me new affections. He changed my desires like, like that. You know, it wasn't a slow burn. It was, it was kind of all in. You know, I, I literally quit smoking pot, cigarettes. I quit drinking. Somehow, I quit swearing. I, it just happened. Uh, and probably the biggest thing, which some of you may laugh at, is I gave my video games away. And I gave it to one of my good friends. And, of course, he was stoked because, you know, we played together. And he wasn't really sure, like, for real? And I'll never forget, uh, I was with my roommates, and, you know, from their perspective, my life changed dramatically. Uh, I also forgot to tell you, I was in a relationship which ended, which really was painful and challenging, uh, but good in the long run. And so they're seeing my life change, and, and all these things happening, and it kind of looks like I'm getting my life in order. And so they actually thought I was suicidal. Uh, because, I mean, I was giving like, my stuff away. I quit doing all these things with them. You know, because we, you know, they were my roommates. We had all kinds of fun together. And so they informed my oldest brother, because uh, they knew him. And he called me. And was like, dude, like, what's going on? And, you know, he told him told me what they had said, and I'm like, man. I just laughed, and I'm like, dude, my life has never been better. And I'll never forget that moment in my life, because it was, it was crazy. And I was, you know, my brother was kind of, he was there along with me. We kind of, some of you know, you know, we kind of came around and to the Lord around the same time. And I have a lot to thank him for, because he was there to support me. And it's hard, too, because, you know, I had to not be friends with a lot of people after that. But this picture is a good reminder. And so the next one, you may recognize at least the theme of this. This was my first international missions trip. And me and the rest of the the gang in Iowa, my church family, we built a house in Ensenada, Mexico. And as... It's kind of two parts to this. So God really stirred my heart for missions doing this. Like, I love traveling, except for getting car sick. I, that was miserable. But I loved traveling and seeing new things. And this is really where God gave me a heart for missions. Now, the craziest part of this is that I just love reflecting on is the trip out there. So we had to take a bus, and we named him Philip the Bus because we filled up the bus. Um, the students came up with that. <clears throat> but when you take a bus that's a little bit older and you go through Colorado, the mountains, are they show no mercy. And so we had to stop constantly. Um, and I had an appointment in San Diego because I forgot, or I, I, no, I didn't forget, I lost my passport at home. The youth pastor, he's from San Diego. He's like, yeah, just you can get it in a day. I'm like, okay. So we had a schedule to get to, but of course... Didn't make it. So I had to fly out by myself from Vegas. Never done it. Like flown by myself. Flew up by myself. Get there. They're like, yeah, we're going to have someone pick you up. And that didn't happen. So I'm terrified. I got into a taxi. Never done that. Shouldn't have made small talk. He didn't really jive with that. Um, And I'm pretty sure I paid way more than I should have. But So go there. Get all my stuff. And I have to wait for like four hours. So I walk around San Diego and experience some really interesting things. Put my passport in a pocket in my bag that I didn't realize. I, I, I thought I put another one. So I have to like go get on this train, which I've never been on a train. And I'm like, how do you even get a ticket? And I thought I lost my passport again. So this was a very... Very good but challenging experience because it really challenged me to trust in the Lord and like nothing I've ever done. And I'm all on my own and it was only 18 hours, but it felt like days. And when I got back to the, you know, the rest of the group in Oceanside, I was like, I 
I'm so glad to see you guys. I, it, was, it took so long, and I'm like, I, I never want to do that again. Um, but it was amazing, and it was a time when God really stretched my faith. And of course, you know, after that, we'll go to the next photo. I ended up actually doing a Youth with a Mission discipleship training school for six months. So that, we are in India, right there. And I definitely have a lot of facial hair. No cutting that. Uh, but this one is actually kind of challenging because I was so stoked to go to YWAM and it actually wasn't that great. It was really hard. And for me, I was all about, you know, in my very young Christian, you know, life so far, I just, I, I thought I knew everything. This is, this is what all this stuff means. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is the... The theology, and as soon as I go there, that like was blown up. And that was hard for me because I wanted everything to be right and like this, and that was completely blown apart. And that was hard. Now, not only that, um, it was hard because this is the longest I've been away from home. Actually, probably not the longest. Close to that. And it was also, I was in a foreign country, and I stuck out like a sore thumb in India. And so I was very, very uncomfortable. I'm thinking about all this other stuff that happened on the, on the front end, and here I'm in this foreign country, and it's just wearing on me. And I'll never forget, I was in our flat at night, couldn't sleep, and I missed home for the first time. I missed Iowa. I was boring. I'm, I literally missed, I, I'm sitting there just with my eyes closed. I miss, and I'm envisioning the sweet corn, just the stocks. And I'm telling you, it's peaceful. I have a new appreciation for my homeland. And like, I literally miss just the miles and miles of corn. And I'm like freaking myself out. I'm like, what has happened to me? And then the third thing is I literally miss the snow. And I know a lot of people, it's like fun for the first day, and they're like, I'm over the snow. And so for me, this really, I actually didn't get closure from this challenging, it was a good trip, but it was challenging. I didn't get closure until like four years later, and of all places, at a Taco Bell, talking with Shiloh. I was reflecting on it, and I, and I really realized that God was really teaching me just the freedom I have of being his son. That it's not about like always having to be right about everything. And of course, I brought that into my relationship with Jesus. Perfection, trying to always be you know, right about everything. And of course, it drove me crazy. And so I, I finally got closure a long time after. But it was hard during those four years. Because I didn't, I didn't know where things landed. And it was just, it was really hard. And so these are just a few of my, my stones of remembrance. I definitely have a lot more. Some of them are, you know, those are kind of bigger. I have a, a lot of small ones. But, you know, I want to encourage you guys right now is to, like, what are the things that when you look back on your life, what are, what are your stones of remembrance? It may be a long time back, and you're like, I can't even remember that far. You know, but what has God really done in your life? Things that you can really reflect on and not just be like, oh, yeah, he did that. But to really give it, give time to consider it and to ruminate on it and think about it. Because God is always really challenging us with the things that we know. And we forget. He's always saying, hey, look back and remember. Let these stones be a memorial of the things that I've done in your life. Now, I don't reflect uh, often. But what I think is really important is... Is also in reflecting, is also in is sharing. Because that can also be an encouragement to other people who, you know, who are like, I have only known you as a Christian. I didn't know you were wild and crazy or, you know. It could be the fact that you're remembering, you know, the way that God raised you in a godly family. Like, his provision in that. Like, that's amazing. I know the, all the bad, crazy stories tend to get most of the attention, but even reflecting the fact that God raised you in a family that loved God. Like, that's awesome. And it, I don't, it shouldn't be overlooked. You know, a couple other things, you know, how 
You know, he just showed up in an unbelievable way. You know, how he answered a prayer or two or a lot. Even though we may look him back and be like, well, was that really like God doing stuff? I know that's my challenge is to look back and be like, did that really happen the way that like, I experienced it? Because I'm not sure. And that's the challenge. But we have to give ourselves to constantly remembering and rehearsing those things and reflecting on what God has done. And ultimately, all these things remind us just how good and loving and caring and trustworthy God is and that he's always going to come through for us. You know, and I think that's where we kind of get bent when we're like, I don't know, God's come through, but is he actually going to this time? So I want to leave us with this verse um, in Lamentations. It says, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. And so as we reflect and we think about and we remember, you know, may we just always remember that his love never ceases, and his mercies are without end. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just take this time this morning together to reflect, to remember, and to really treasure you and the things that you've done in our lives. We just give you praise and thanks that your mercies never end, that your love for us never ceases. And even though we forget many times that you don't. Thankful that you are very faithful to us. And that even though we do forget you, Give us ways of reminder in lots of different ways. And so I pray that our hearts would just be open today and the days going forward, that our hearts would be open in a new way to really see you, to reflect on you, and know that you're there working. And I pray that we could look back on our lives and just connect the dots of the ways that you're, you're there, you're moving and really coming through for us. And so I pray that we could also be encouraged by just reflecting, sharing our stories, and hearing other people's stories of just the awesome ways that you like to really just show off and be like, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still sovereign. I'm still in control of everything. And you've got us. So Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to press in to our hearts and our lives and we would just continue to remember you that we wouldn't forget to remember. And so we are thankful just again for how faithful and loving you are to us, Lord. And so may we just always remember and reflect on you and just the ways that you've really showed yourself and come through in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we do have a few announcements this morning. Uh, we're going to start with um, a, an announcement of a celebration. Our sister, Sharon One, who went to be with the Lord, uh, will have a memorial service here, and it is going to be Saturday, August 5th at 2 p.m. You are all invited, of course. Uh, memorials are a time of reunion. Memorials are both difficult, uh, challenging, and delightful because we know precisely where our sister is in the presence of the Lord. Amen? So you're all invited to that on the 5th of August at 2 o'clock. And uh, if you haven't heard, uh, there is another Mexico house building trip that is going to take place in October. And October will be here quicker than you might think. 
So there are sign up, uh, there is a sign up sheet on the welcome cart. Uh, if you're contemplating going or if you're not even quite sure yet, go ahead and sign up. We're going to build two houses, right, Mark? Two houses again in Mexico uh, between October the 29th and November the 4th. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a slide right there. It tells you. Uh, so uh, pray about that. You can start praying now. You can start praying. Even It's not too early to pray for the team, for, for everything that needs to come together uh, for the two houses to be built in Mexico. Uh, and I'm really excited uh, to announce that we are beginning to go back to a chapel service at the Continuing Care Center behind the hospital. This has been on hiatus since, uh, since COVID, and uh, the door has been completely opened. And so on Sunday, July 30th at 2 o'clock is going to be our first we call it Triple C, and uh, if you would like to, everybody just turn around and look at that camera and wave and say hi to Triple C because they watch every week. Yes. Hi, Triple C. We'll see you on Sunday, July 30th. So you're all invited at 2 o'clock uh, after church. We go and we, we, just, we go to Triple C because we love on them. They live there. And we go and we do a devotional, and we have music, and we have uh, time to interact with our brothers and sisters at Triple C. So put that on your calendar and, uh, and come on out for that. And with that, Kathy. Good morning. Uh, we should have a slide as well. We had a women's workshop yesterday for cooking, and I would say it was very successful. We made delicious food and we ate it and enjoyed being with each other. So uh, it was a great time. Christine, thank you again um, for uh, planning it and organizing it and uh, getting it all together. And we had a great time. So thank you. Um, and we have another one coming up. We have a card-making workshop August 12th, again, here at 10 a.m. in the morning. It's only $10. You will make more than $10 worth of cards while you're here. And we'll have a couple of different methods on uh, on, on card making. So looking forward to that. Sign-ups are on the sign-up sheet, wherever that might be. So it's either on the cart in the back or in the commons. I'll get it or talk to Christine or myself. Thanks.